for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. It's it's off to a good start, so uh, I'm happy nice. about that. So, uh, first off, I want to thank you for jumping on. Uh, we're we're live, as as you know. Um, so, for the people that are just getting to uh, know you, um, can you kind of take this opportunity to introduce yourself and um, like who you are and uh, kind of your origin story into music? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't think my mic is working properly. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm, uh, my name's Jamie Jacobsack. I, uh, I play in a band called Crooked Forest as well as, as myself as Jamie Jacobsack. Um, I do kind of a lot of different things. I play mostly rock music, some punk music, some folk music, uh, but I kind of dive in and out of everything. And uh, yeah, I started playing when I was pretty young, but I really have just been kicking it into high gear since... Uh, sometime early last year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for I, well, once again, I want to thank you for jumping on here. I know uh, we were supposed to have a podcast interview a couple of weeks ago, but my schedule was screwed up on the uh, back end of the website. But anyways, uh, so I'm glad we were able to get you on here and I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit more. Um, first off, I, one thing I wanted to bring up is I've really been enjoying your podcast. I've been listening I ran into it like two weeks ago, like as I was kind of preparing for a lot of stuff and I just randomly ran across it. So I really enjoyed the podcast. Is that something that you've been working on or is it what kind of birthed the podcast idea? It's um, it was something I've been thinking about for a while, Mm -hmm. Um, but I wasn't uh, I didn't want to dive into it too quickly because I was like, I don't even know if there's necessarily a space I want to get into because I'm Mm -hmm. just like there's a million amazing podcasts out there like yours included. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, do I want to muddy those waters uh, even more? But uh, what I was finding was I was, I was doing a lot of blogging uh, in addition to releasing a lot of music and stuff. And mm. I was finding that uh, there's certain things that are just easier in a way to just, if I can just say it straight into a microphone. And mm. as what I was finding with blogging and with writing and with like Twitter and all these other uh written mediums is like it's really hard for people to to understand your meaning a lot yeah. of the time because they can't hear your voice they can't hear the inflection they don't know if you're mad angry sad or happy mm-hmm. uh, so it's a little easier to convey that i think in the podcast as well yeah. um so yeah so i only just started doing that like i really uh i just i only have i think three episodes out yeah. so far um but i it was always something i wanted to keep doing and something that i wanted to do in order to, to help promote other artists as well as you know not just me me talking about me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I listened to the, um, Travis Scott episode earlier this week about the whole Astro world thing. And it, it was, it was really good. I like, I like the way you do it. And I was kind of curious if that was kind of the lane you were going to stay in, just kind of touching on topical things, or if you were going to start bringing in interviews or like what the ultimate plan was. Yeah. I think ultimately I want to do a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the good, the nice thing about being able to uh, just speak on something like the, like what happened with Travis Scott there with Astro World is that uh, it, since it is topical, it's something that 
it's something I'm already thinking about because I'm also reading about, I'm also trying to learn about it. Mm. Um, so it's easy for me to say, okay, if, if I don't have, uh, necessarily anyone else to talk to or talk about, mm. I can talk about stuff that is just going on on a global, global yeah. scale. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really important one too, just because yeah. I thought, uh, I think I've, I'm sure you saw the, all the social media backlash oh, yeah. uh, and it was just insane to me to watch. And I think it's like, it's one of those things people don't really think about uh, the backlash and mm-hmm. what that, the, the, the effect that has on other people and on other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for listening to it. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And like when we uh, get our podcast in January, I think the first week of January is when our, 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 uh, I don't want to call it the big podcast because it kind of undermines everything that we're doing here today, but our uh, podcast, uh, I think it's like first or second week of January. Um, We could dive a lot deeper into that because there's like a whole, whole thing that a lot of people that you touched on that a lot of people aren't talking about. And so I'm going to save my comments for that. For sure. Absolutely. Um, And hopefully by then you'll have a lot more episodes out and we can, you know, dive deep and have a whole lot to talk about. So I'm really excited about the the podcast coming up here in January. But um, in the meantime, um, as far as your music, where are you kind of at creatively right now? Are you writing, recording, releasing? Where are you kind of at? Uh, most recently, I just released a, a solo EP under under Jamie Jacobs Zach, five track EP that's uh, all home recorded. Um, so I'm kind of pushing that, uh, that just came out at the very end of October. And I just released a new song off of, uh, the crooked forest stuff, a single called wasted time. Mm. So I'm kind of letting all these songs sit for a little bit. Um, because it, there's a big part of me that constantly just wants to be releasing more and more stuff all the time. But then mm. it's like, I don't give any time to actually promoting <laughs> like each individual release. So mm. Um, I'm kind of, I'm trying to force myself to do that right now. Uh, and I am doing some new writing and working on some new demos. And there's like a bunch of like demo recordings I released earlier this year that mm. I was like, again, the plan was always to build those into full tracks. So now mm. I'm like, okay, Jamie, it's been like a year. So maybe it's time to start thinking about that thing that you started doing a year ago. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And just, yeah, trying to just promote everything and, uh, and do a lot more writing. And, and I'm trying to think about a full length release, which is a, the next big goal, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I love it when bands release like recording demos because it, it kind of plays to the or the uh, in crowd thing right now with like TikTok and stuff where the quality of the actual or like the if the content is good, everything else doesn't really matter, like the quality of the recording or the, you know, whatever. So and I really enjoy it now that we're starting to see a lot of bands doing like one mic, you know, like just really basic uh, demo recordings yeah. and releasing it out into the world. Yeah. I've always thought that uh, that's, that's a very true thing. and has always been true, even though like the music industry seems to try to shy us away from it is that a good song is a good song. It's a good song. It doesn't matter how you release it, whether you're playing it with one acoustic guitar and just chords, or if you're, if, or if it's a full band production, if it's a good song, it will transcend and listeners will, will hear that. Um, but yeah, and I like sharing the demos too, because like, I love, I love music production and I love that a lot of my background in the industry is as an audio engineer. So I love trying to share that part of the process with people because people don't realize uh, what that really looks like. Like there, even though there's a lot more documentaries and stuff out of bands in studio and of, and there's tons of stuff you can watch of engineers working on stuff. It's a, 
it's different when you're also the musician and producing the track and, and engineering the track and mm-hmm. building it and then making those creative decisions and not relying on somebody else to do so. So uh, and I want to encourage more people to do that because it's a, it's a great way to just work on your art. Like if it's just you yourself and then you can really perfect it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cause like, I mean, you think about back in the day in the forties and fifties, there, there weren't multi-miking these instruments and it was all, one mic in the center and <laughs> that's it everyone gather around and we'll get it as clean as we can is basically yeah. what they used to do and nowadays it's like do you have 20k so that we can throw 30 <laughs> microphones on you guys yeah. and it's like dude maybe we don't need 30 microphones you know yeah and that we um so um two years ago i think at this point now you know, we went to a bluegrass festival down in the Florida Keys and we had this idea of uh, doing a series of videos in homage to that because a lot of the bluegrass bands, they like that simplistic recording. They don't need like a million mics on them. And really? so we did a, uh, uh, like a, th- we set up a little 360 rig. So we had four uh, directional mics that uh, covered 360 degrees and just kind of set it in the middle of a big jam circle or jam session and just was like, okay, we're going to see how this plays. And it turned out not the worst thing in the world. Like it was clean. Everybody could hear everybody, but you also picked up on a lot of the side conversations, which it's like, uh, we don't need all the side conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, sometimes it lends itself to the recording, but like I find oftentimes you, you almost, you don't want it so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Cause like you hear people talking in the background and I mean, like that's cool and whatnot, but it's like, it's not why we're here, but you know, it is what it is. It ended up doing really well. And we got a couple of videos out on YouTube with it. So I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, That's really cool. wasn't a complete waste of the day. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, it never is. You always yeah. learn something at least. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you're kind of working out towards the next big goal, which is the album. Um, and you just released an EP under Jamie Jacobs at, Right. Yeah. Did I get your, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I, I'm always really apprehensive because it's like, I don't want to disrespect anybody or mispronounce anybody's names. Um, so you released the um, EP. Uh, what was the one thing you learned going through the process of recording that EP and releasing it? I think um, the thing with that EP is it really uh, just, just as what we were just talking about, it really reinforced that idea for me where again, like a good song is a good song. So I was, I kind of got really up in my head about uh, that EP before I was like, as I was getting started, cause I was like, I should bring this to a studio. I shouldn't do it. Cause all my releases so far have been in my, in my home studio, which is literally like I'm sitting in it. Yeah. Um, it's my bedroom. Yeah. Um, it's not a studio. So, and again, I come from a professional recording background. So I know the potential of, professional studios i know the potential of myself as an engineer in those studios um so i really did get into my head and i was like i shouldn't do another home recording i should really like move on to make it a little cleaner make it whatever uh but then i was like you know what what's really most important about these songs is exactly what the songs are talking about and the reality of that ep is a lot of what i'm talking about are things i thought about in this room so um so so it was it was interesting because what I what I really wanted to do was uh, kind of also with that EP bridge a lot of different parts of me. So part of it was actually recorded in my old apartment uh, basement suite in Barrie, Ontario, just north of here. Part of it's recorded here. So there's a little bits of me everywhere I've lived as well, um, which is which was really important to me, just to give people a better more rounded more well rounded view of who I am. Yeah. Um, 
in a bit of a unique way. Um, but yeah, and I also, so the, the idea behind that one was, I was like, again, I can, I can sit here and I can record other guitar tracks. I can record bass tracks to add to it. I could really build this up even in my home studio, the way I have, mm-hmm. but I was like, how is it going to sound when I'm just on a stage and all I have is my acoustic guitar and I can't fumble through lead guitar lines while I'm trying to sing these melodies. Like I, yeah. I'm not that proficient of a player. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really broke them down to bare minimum stuff to just the chords, the most basic version of those chords. Mm. And, um, and I think it turned out great. Like I'm actually really proud of how it turned out. Um, I'm really happy with it overall, much happier than I thought I was going to be when I started. Yeah. It. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and there's something to be said about that because that's the one like huge turnoff almost for when I go to listen to musicians, like I'll hear like nine times out of 10 is I hear them first on Spotify, YouTube, you know, wherever I'm consuming music at that point. And it sounds like professional clean, like these big productions. And then you go see them at a show and it's like a super stripped back and like, not they're produced uh, like an album. What you hear live versus what you hear on the album is not the same. Yeah. And uh, that that's happened to me like a million times, especially like as a kid, when I first started going to shows, I'd be like, this doesn't sound anything anything I mean, to the point where you're like is this the same band is this is this a different singer he doesn't sound like this on the record yeah. like what is this it's so nasal yeah. here yeah. um and it's, so it's really funny to me so i'm very like aware of that and i try to make sure that again like that that like so when you hear me i'm like yeah that's actually what i sound like like i don't use autotune or any of the, the fun tricks so even though sometimes i really want to mm-hmm. um but i'm like again if someone comes to see me at a show i want them to be like yeah that sounds like you like that sounds yeah. like what it sounds like <laughs> Yeah. What you're getting at when you buy the album, what you're getting on the album is what you're getting at a live show. And is it fun to like, if you could everything, like if you do a big produced album and you're able to recreate that live, cool. But, and I also understand sometimes it's fun to do a more stripped back version to give people like a different feel, different vibe. That's cool as well. But when you're going into every show with what sounds to be like a, five to 10 piece band or you're going into every album with a five to 10 piece band, but then you come to a show and it's like a duo or a trio and you can't yeah. recreate half this stuff. It's like, yeah. Let's or, think or, about this. Or you're like relying so heavily on backing tracks that it's like, it's almost like you're not even performing live. Like I've mm-hmm. seen bands before that they don't even, they don't have a drummer. They just mm-hmm. have a, they just press play. And then it's the guitar players, players and a bass player, like going mm-hmm. to the track. And it's yeah. the, I like, I understand that you got to do what you got to do when you don't have a drummer and stuff, yeah. but like, it's the weirdest thing as a fan to be watching a half, what feels like half a band on yeah. stage, but you're hearing the drums and you're just yeah. like, there's no one here. <laughs> yeah. And then that, that happens at hip hop shows all the time. Like I, I've been to a couple of like independent hip hop shows and nine times out of 10, it's just the artist, they put in their CD and then they just start rapping over their own song and it's not even like an instrumental track it's just like they went to their they went to their uh um merch booth and just took a cd threw it in and it's like all right we're gonna just listen to the cd and i'm gonna drop ad libs over it yeah it's like yeah like i I understand it a bit more when it comes to hip-hop and rap and stuff because it's like oh it's a whole other a whole other animal but like it is very cool when you go to a hip hop show and they got a full band and you're like, yeah. this sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, a full band or a DJ or somebody that's like actually scratching. That's, you know, that, that's my favorite. I, we did a, we went up to Utah and uh, we had this idea of doing like a, like a cypher type thing. And that one of the guys that we were working with, he was like, dude, I got a DJ that'll scratch. And so 
And I was like, cool. He laid down his stuff. And so there's a video on you on our YouTube channel of a DJ actually scratch. It's not as much of a cipher as I wanted it to be, but it still looks cool. Like you got the DJ there scratching. So it's like they're performing, he's scratching, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's really cool. Uh, there's a there's a Canadian band that's uh, really good and really understands this part of the live the live show. Uh, they're mm-hmm. called Ubiquitous, Ubiquitous Synergy Seeker in mm-hmm. USS, mm-hmm. um, and they're just a duo. It's just uh, like Ash is the lead guitar player, uh, rhythm guitar player, and vocalist, and then they have a DJ, Human Kebab, and that's that's it. It's just them, <laughs> just duo. But you go to these live shows, and like Human Kebab knows how to DJ and make a show of it. And yeah. then you have Ash just doing his thing and it works so well. And uh, it'd be really, I'd love to see more bands try this kind of thing and just, you know, think outside the box a little and be like, yeah. okay, help me make this a bit more visually appealing to people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, to, so to kind of switch gears a little bit, we are here for a very specific reason to raise funds and awareness for uh, pancreatic cancer research. So I want to ask you, do you have any, personal connections or any experiences with uh loved ones having pancreatic cancer or just cancer in general uh yeah i actually do it was a more recent thing as far as pancreatic cancer i mean i my uh my grandfather i never met because he he passed of pancreatic cancer when he was 40 years old uh when my dad was only 16 so i never met him um but more recently last year my aunt uh my aunt betty ann actually she uh, basically went to the, went to the doctor one day around, it was a uh, December last year, all of a sudden you have stage four pancreatic cancer, uh, about a week and a half later, unfortunately she passed away from it. Oh, um, wow. and it was, a uh, it, it's a crazy, I mean, all cancers suck. I know we can all agree on that. Um, but pancreatic cancer is very interesting to me because there's just, there's so much that we still don't know about pancreatic cancer mm. and it's so hard for them to, uh, diagnose it, uh, early enough, to, early enough. And then there, there's, there's no cure to my, to my knowledge to really, uh, get rid of it. Um, yeah. so, uh, it was, it was, it was, a, a crazy week when that happened, week and a half or so it was particularly hard, uh, for her immediate family, for sure. If, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people can believe this. I couldn't even believe it when it was happening. My, my cousin, her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, went into labor, had her second daughter's, let's call it on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother's still in the hospital. Mother comes out of the hospital by the Wednesday, uh, by the Friday passes in, in her home, um, because they couldn't put her in hospice or anything because mm-hmm. of COVID. And then the, the Friday or the, the day after the Friday is my other cousin, her other daughter's birthday. So it's oh. like you have a birth, a death, and then since she had her birthday and then she was also in the hospital for an unrelated surgery. So I'm just like, oh. this is just like the worst week I can think of for my cousins here. Yeah. Um, it was not. Yeah. It, that's brutal. It's um, and like you'd mentioned, the pain, there is so much that we don't know about pancreatic cancer right now. Like so PanCan, the uh, foundation that we're supporting um, when they started in 1999, the survivability rate past five years was 4%. And so fast forward 22 years, the survivability rate has gone up, but it's still only 10%. Like it's progress, but I feel like over the course of 22 years, we should have seen a little bit more progress. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I don't know if that's lack of funding or whatnot, but you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like we, we need to start focusing in on this because like you'd mentioned there it is one of those cancers where you don't know until it's almost too late 
in a lot of cases, unless you just happen to go to the doctor on a whim and just catch it before any of the symptoms start. Yeah. In. And it's, it's so aggressive once it's there, uh, mm. from, from what I've learned, like it is, it's, it's there. And then it's like, it's taking over and it's, mm. uh, you can't stop it at that point. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, the big, it's a big problem with the fact that they just, they can't diagnose it so early because I think so many of the initial symptoms can be attributed to other, as with anything in health, yeah. it's like, oh, you might, you might just have a stomach ache, you know, you might just have this, you might just have this. Yeah. Uh, and then by the time they get to, okay, we've ruled out 80 things. Yeah. <laughs> like now it's, it's, our, it's too late. Like, yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting. Cause like when my mom got sick or when she was first diagnosed, and, you know, at that time it was like, no, we need just need to figure out a way to give her the best quality of life while we have her, you know? And so I moved down to Florida and, or well, not moved, but I went down to Florida, stayed with her throughout the entire process. Um, and so after she passed, then that game of what if starts floating around in your head and you start connecting a lot of these dots. At, Cause obviously while you're, while there, while my mom was still around, we were just very much like spending time with her, making sure, like just trying to keep her spirits up and giving her the best fighting chance to live as long as she could. Sure. Um, but when she passed, it was like, we started connecting dots that it was like, well, she'd been having stomach issues for years. And she, she thought it was like an ulcer, some stomach ulcer or something like that. And then like a year prior, she started having back pains and she just attributed it to old age because my mom was 64. So like she wasn't old, old, but you know, 64 isn't young either. Um, and she was like, okay, well maybe I'm just getting arthritis in the back. And then she started going to a chiropractor. She felt better. And then shortly after the holidays, her back pain started getting progressively worse. And to the point that she was like, I got to go to the doctor. I can't stand this anymore. And yeah. yeah. And then, uh, three months later or two, yeah, three months later she was gone. So. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it sounds similar to the way that, uh, we were thinking about my aunt when that, when that all happened with us as well, because, um, she, uh, like after the fact, uh, it was like, well, yeah, you know, four years ago or something, she started having abdominal pains, you know, this started happening three years ago mm -hmm. and they were like, well, no, I never heard about this because it's not something you actively talk about per se with your extended yeah. family. <laughs> it's not like you're getting up on the phone and be like, Hey, what's up this weekend? Oh, I have ab abdominal pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, she was in her sixties as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's a great thing that you're doing here to yeah. just try to bring some awareness to this. Yeah. And, you know, originally I, we were thinking that this was just going to be a one-time thing. Like we do it once, but as we start talking to more people and just like more people that are connected to cancer in general, but there's a lot more people that are connected to pancreatic cancer. It's like, no, I think maybe we need to do this every year. And so I reached out to my co-host I was like, Hey, let, let's start thinking about doing this every year. Maybe not three days. Cause this is insane. I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, you know, like one day we do like 18 hours, like we could make an 18 hour day work. We've done it before. Um, and, you know, just kind of do it one day and just have a go at it. And he was, cause his uncle passed away from pancreatic cancer. He was diagnosed after my mom and passed before my mom. Oh, yeah. So he, he had a, like a, a lot quicker turnaround. So. Right. 
But that being said, anybody listening wants to donate and support pancreatic cancer research, uh, the PanCan uh, donation portal link is in the description or in the comment thread. It's the pinned post at the top. Or if you happen to be on Facebook, we also have a Facebook fundraiser there as well. It all counts. It all goes to the greater good. Uh, just trying to make it easier for everyone to donate. Um, so once again, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sorry for the loss, for your loss to, of your aunt there. Um, so one question that's been burning in my mind, what'd you think of alien weaponry? <laughs> so very cool. It was so funny. The very first track I threw on just like, just selected whatever, whatever yeah. one I saw. And uh, you had mentioned there's like, oh, there's a didgeridoo. Cause as you said that, I was like, I got to listen to this. Cause there's something about a didgeridoo, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it was, and it started with a didgeridoo and I was like, I think this is the track. And then it starts, like actually starts. Yeah. And you're like. Uh, it's a very cool band like yeah. very cool unique band and then visually and i'm watching this music video that goes along with it and people should really check this out uh, i can't yeah. remember the name of the song right now i'll have to look it, it up I, I, you, I couldn't even pronounce it even it's a kai and then it's something with a t i can't yeah, i'm not gonna their, it. it's in their like their native language yeah. uh, which i didn't even like know this language existed so that was yeah. cool in itself and then it's like it was all shot near where these guys grew up and and all this stuff so yeah. visually it is a stunning music video but musically it is a very interesting like, you don't know what's gonna come next but it's so heavy but yeah. it's so melodic but you have no idea what they're saying yeah. so it's just like such an interesting experience yeah i was listening to it uh because this morning i was like I wasn't lack of energy. I was just like, all right, I need to get, get the energy going a little bit. And I threw that song on and I was just kind of walking around the house or the apartment making breakfast and whatnot. And then after that song, a Samoan death metal band came on and I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to get down this rabbit hole, but like tomorrow, Tuesday, you know, cause now I've got like six weeks off where I can enjoy the holidays and whatever. I'm going to go down a really weird rabbit hole of and indigenous heavy metal. So yeah, there's something about like metal bands. Like when you listen to a heavy metal for, in a language, that's not your own. And yeah. from these very unique places, like even if you listen to like Icelandic metal, yeah. it's like, it is the most bizarre experience, but it's so good. And you're like, how do these guys even so good? Because it sounds somehow it sounds so much better. Like yeah. and <laughs> not, but not to discredit like North American metal bands, but it's so unique by comparison. Yeah. Everyone should, should spend time doing that well, let me change everybody's world here really quick viking death metal is the best viking death metal, <laughs> viking death metal. so uh so uh everything or everybody that comes on the uh, stream today gets one spin at our virtual question generator okay so if you are ready oh no we're not asking that question sorry <laughs> so it's a rigged virtual generator no 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 because they they've got like some dating questions on here and it's like yeah i'm not not asking that so no, we're, not, we're not doing my eHarmony profile right now yeah we're, we're not doing that so it, it's not rigged but i'll give it a second <laughs> swipe all right so if you're ready here's your question ready would you rather be a bored librarian or a busy barista Oh my God, a bored librarian. Absolutely. I would hate, I, I worked at a coffee shop briefly uh, on just on weekends for like a few weeks. It was in addition to a different job. So it's just, I was already tired, but wow, are people who need coffee first thing in the morning, the most annoying people on the planet. I would absolutely choose to be a bored librarian instead. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, I think that's about right. Like, I mean, in my head, it's like, oh, I'd rather be busy because then the day goes by. But if, 
every if you're dealing with nothing but caffeine addicts oh it's just no they had no they're a very it's a unique breed of people that you get through the day at a coffee shop more than and i've worked like so many different retail avenues they are a unique breed of people absolutely and i drink coffee too don't get me wrong but like i don't go into shops like like some of these people do um but think about being a board librarian is you have then so much at your disposal, DVDs, video games. Like, how are you actually yeah. bored? You'd have to go through a lot of those stacks to be bored. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for um, hanging out with us. If anybody wants to check out your music or anything else you got going on or the podcast, even uh, where's the uh, best place to do that? Totally. Yeah. The best place is to go to my website, crookedforest.ca. And there's a uh, links to everything on there, uh, including well, if it's not up there already, including the upcoming podcast uh, with you in January. So awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast and I look forward to diving deep into a lot of this stuff. So keep your calendar cleared for that one. I'm sure it's going to be a, I'm sure it's going to be a marathon of a podcast in and of itself. So thanks so much for having me. Yep. Absolutely. You have a great day and thank you everybody that's been tuning in. We've got Sarah Harrelson coming up next. Mm -hmm.